0: I'm Rebecca, and we are Mama Bear Apologetics.
1: We're just two gals talking about life's big questions from a biblical worldview. Because when it comes to the battle of ideas, we need to be able to say, mess with my kids, and I will demolish your arguments.
0: You mess, I demolish. Got it? Capiche? (laughs) Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's.
1: Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. I'm Rebecca. And so today we're going to be talking about what really happened with the Colorado Baker decision. So, I mean, have you been getting a lot of stuff on your Facebook feed about this, Rebecca?
0: Yes, a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, some on my feed and then I've been interacting on some of my friends' feeds Um, But we're going to be talking about three main things with this, because have you ever seen one of those memes where it's like, you know, it has a profession and it says like, you know, what my friends think I do, (laughs) what my parents think I do, what society thinks I do, what I actually do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We're going to be kind of um, approaching it from that perspective, because ironically, it's very fitting for this particular decision, because it's like we have what do I don't know if I want to call it conservatives or Christians. It's one of the two. You know, a lot of times there's overlap. They're like, what do Christians think it is? What do non-Christians think it is? And what is it actually? Um, And we could also change that to um, conservatives think it is. What do liberals think it is? And what is it actually?
0: It's interesting to me because as I look across, you know, social media today, there's a mixture of reactions and mixture Mm -hmm. from people that I respect a lot that I would not normally call alarmists. Yeah. some people think it or are cautiously optimistic some people are just like puddle glums they're like oh this is nothing <laughs> this is worse so it's like what and then i guess there are some people that are really celebrating i haven't seen that but um you had a friend that seemed to claim that
1: yeah he said something like you know outstanding decision or something like that on his post and that's okay. all he said um and of course there there was a whole bunch of debate back and forth from that and yeah. i think one of the things that's you know, I, I find it interesting, but it's probably really not that interesting. Is how completely different these perspectives are. Like, these are
0: really three. I think it shows you how complex our legal system is, complex and convoluted.
1: Well, that and also it shows us just how um, a lot of people. It's like how different perspectives can be on the exact yeah. same event, and so it kind of shows you how you can kind of tell what media people are listening to because they'll have such radically different perspectives on the same event first off we're going to start off what do christians think this is so from your facebook feed what have you seen a lot of christians think that this this actually first off let's before we start getting into that let's talk about what it is because some people there might be some people that are like wait what huh what what case are you talking about
0: Yes, yes um
1: So back in 2012, there was a baker in Colorado, and um, I can't remember the name, you you remember that it was like Masterpiece Cakes or something like that. Yes,
0: uh Masterpiece Cake Shop. Yeah, and he
1: had a same-sex couple come to him wanting to have a cake for their wedding. Uh, And he said, I can bake you birthday cakes and shower cakes and anything else you want, but I can't do a wedding cake because that goes against my religious beliefs, um, uh, strongly held convictions. And so the couple then, you know, kind of left embarrassed and went to a, they went to someone to prosecute the case as an instance of...
0: Of discrimination?
1: Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that word just eluded me. Yes. It happens all the time. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, just as a case of discrimination. And so they won in Colorado. So the guy appealed this case to the Supreme Court Mm. and the Supreme Court found, uh, reversed the decision. Mm-hmm. and so said that um, but this is this is where it's really funny because it was a 7 to two vote so when it comes to the actual number of people who are voting on this it was not a narrow victory. however every single media outlet that I've seen report on this calls it a narrow victory and I've seen a lot of people going I think okay it's because I think you- of
0: the I think it's because of the wording and what how what the different sides really wanted to see yeah they wanted to see i want i suspecting a stronger case made either way and it's actually more um of a ambiguous or not ambiguous or more of middle midline
1: yeah nothing
0: extreme came from it i guess you could say yeah
1: so what i think a lot of christians are seeing this as is they're seeing this as the supreme court saying that refusing to bake a cake on grounds of uh, religious conviction is a valid use of not only freedom of speech, but freedom of religion, and now that we've taken it to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court agrees with us, and we're not going to have to worry about this as much in the future, yay. And so I think that is really how Christians are seeing it, but what they're not doing is they're not reading the actual Wording of yeah. what is going on in this case, because that's actually not what's being said here. Um, and I think this is why so many of the news media outlets are are reporting it as a narrow victory, because it's narrow not in the sense that it was like a 5-4 decision, but more narrow in the sense that of the scope of which this ruling was ruled was a very narrow scope that they found. It would be like... Um, tossing a court case because one key piece of evidence was obtained illegally and Mm -hmm. therefore they have to toss the case so it's not like they were ruling in favor so in this this case they're not necessarily ruling in favor of the baker but they're more like it's kind of a a slap on the commissioner's office that tried the case in the first place uh, in colorado and that's really where the indictment is but we'll get that into that in point number three so what Christians are thinking it is, is a, is a victory for religious liberty. So I, I can understand why they would think that if you didn't read the decision. Um, so, but kind of more importantly is what are non-Christians thinking this is? <laughs> so Rebecca, yeah. what are some of the things that you've been hearing maybe from some of the skeptic and atheist community or some of the liberal community on what they think this decision represents?
0: Well, in, in the actual case, That Justice Kennedy came down hard on the prosecutors for the language they used. Mm -hmm. But the language that they used is, and and calling it bigotry and whatnot, religious, Mm -hmm. you know, these religious beliefs, bigotry and hate is really what people think that are on the other side. They really and genuinely think that nothing but just sheer hatred of homosexual people would cause you to refuse. To bake them a cake for their wedding. And really, yeah. what they truly believe, I, I really think most of them believe that nothing but pure hatred would have you not support gay marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that is where there's this massive perception divide in our culture. Yeah. And unless we understand that those support, that those that supported the activists and the the the, um, the homosexual couple in this case they really genuinely believed it was only motivated by sheer hatred and the kind of hatred that li- rises to the level of um racism kkk mm-hmm. type things um, and yeah. even the holocaust i saw that brought up on several um of my friends posts, blog um facebook um comments yeah. In fact, it, based on that, I wanna
1: read just an interaction that I had with, there was a friend of mine from Biola who posted on this and all he said was outstanding decision, just cause, you know, of course he, he does back, you know, religious freedom of expression and stuff like that. He himself mm-hmm. is an artist. And so I just saw a bunch of people just starting to attack him and just being like, uh, what one, one person said, they said, um, outstanding for who, bigots, question um, mark. And there was another guy who was saying some stuff. And so basically I kind of went in, a little bit into mama bear mode, even though I myself am not a hundred percent sure if I would put baking a cake at the level of free speech. I, I still wanted to like, because I know that I won't say who the friend of mine is. I know him, he's a very loving guy. He's a very nice guy. And he wasn't any of the things, but anyway, here here's one of the the interactions I had with some of the people on his timeline. So this is what the other person said. They said, I. Sh- I could argue for how toleration needs to be backed by law to outlaw some bigotry. Bigotry, of course, being the, you know, the key word everyone wants to use, says which that Colorado law did. But let's be honest. Those who champion this decision are coming from a place of hate and care not for religious toleration. If they cared at all about toleration, they would be adults and make the cake knowing that a civil society requires doing right by those you may not uh, agree with. There is no commandment, neither any biblical support to shun, dissociate, or condemn homosexuality. Mm. Um, so I said to him, I said, I quoted him and said, those who champion this are coming from a place of hate. So I said, so I'm assuming you know, insert name of my friend, has he seemed a hateful person to you? And also, please, could you define what you mean by hate? Just, you know, inquiring minds want to know. So he said, I would say overall, he is... Um, I I wouldn't say he is overall hateful, but the enthusiasm for this decision shows hatred towards homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I define hatred here as the opposite of love and would be the lack of support and due concern for those in a minority position just for their insistence to be treated as normal and with an equal right to exist how they are. And so I just questioned him. I said, um, so you don't think that he would have any other reason to support this decision other than hating homosexuals? Uh, and the guy responded said that's the root of it considering the history of the bible and where the levitical prohibition comes from and the reasonableness of the state law colorado has the only conclusion is that one's hooray of this decision would come from a place of hatred there's a lot we could dig into here but the bottom line is support us for a decision that allows bigots to perpetuate their bigotry in a uh, secular society, you can still have your hateful views of homosexuals and make cakes for them.
0: There's a lot there. There's a lot yeah. of deflating things. But you know, I, one thing that, that did strike me as I'm reading this, because see, I, I, I want to, most of all, I'm not concerned about what happens to, to me. Yeah. Because I'm in Christ, you know, I I am most I want to be most concerned for the people caught in homosexuality and ho- yeah. caught in that entire culture and that entire lifestyle because it is a I believe that God created the world according to an order and they're living against that order it cannot be good for them, mm-hmm. so coming from a place of compassion that's also rooted in truth, maybe instead of celebrating the victory um, in the Supreme Court today, it's actually a very sad thing, ultimately, that a case like this was ever brought before the Supreme Court, that our culture is divided over this. It's actually a very depressing thing that we're having to fight this. It's not really anything to celebrate. It's, you know, you can be happy. The limits on religious freedom have been held back a little bit now, Mm -hmm. but... The truth of the matter is that it's all sad to begin with, and And so, and, and in a sense, I can see where the other side views this as a battle. It's one wins or the other wins, but we're on the side to say no. When we win this, we're still all losing because you guys are still trapped in this. Yeah, you know, and this it's not a competition. I guess you could try to.
1: I can understand what you're saying about it not being a competition. I would kind of distance myself from it and say, I mean, there, there is an analogy to be said for what does it look like to live in Babylon. I think of Daniel. Uh, in yeah. fact, there was a book a long time ago and I think I read it and I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't better. So I kind of wish I could recommend it, but it, it was uh, called like Learning the Language of Babylon. Oh. And it was talking about what does it look like to live in Babylon. And so the liberties that were afforded people who were living in babylon they basically kind of didn't get a choice as Mm -hmm. to what they could agree with and not agree with there was no democratic process that would be different here in the united states that there is a democratic process because even though i don't totally understand the whole idea with the baker there are certain things like uh, i know that like clergy or at least for now considered immune to this that a clergyman would not be forced to conduct a ceremony
0: it is a win for religious liberty i'm not saying it's not it in the sense that religious liberty has been protected that's great but mm-hmm. i think it's how we celebrate it is we need to be cognizant of how the other side is perceiving it um, yeah. that yeah because there is this incredible disconnect between what they view our motives are and they cannot yes. hear our Motives. What there, there's just nothing we can say. It is just it's impossible, and um, so we have to be aware of that. Um, we don't want to create unnecessary stumbling blocks. So you know, it's one thing to say I I celebrate the decision, but you can qualify it. But ultimately, I think this is you know a sad thing that our culture is even. You know, a hundred years ago, they would have never thought that we would be debating this at all.
1: I think even pointing that out to someone would still seem like a hateful attitude. Like this is one of those areas where.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There may be just no way, no way to, to, to even
1: say anything. Right. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. uh, just the idea of any kind of disagreement in this area is equal is, is equivocated to being hate Yeah, and it's becoming increasingly so. So in some ways I think that the, the, I think a lot of people should be happy that this is saying that you can't force anyone yeah. to do Yeah, and something I th- against their conscience because that really does go a lot of different ways. But I do agree with you about the way that people celebrate should be
0: We should be conscious and very just very careful as Christians. We need to be wise, mm-hmm. right? And we need to be we just we can't be like the world and We just have to be very measured in what we say. Now, I will say, I think, um, you know, I tend to... What what I've read about it, I do think it is a good thing that happened. It's Mm -hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic. One writer Mm -hmm. I recommend reading is David French. I think we recommended him on our last podcast with the... Oh, that's right, we did. We'll make sure to include um, his article in the podcast notes. I would have... Two people. I I, I I like his analysis on things, and I really like Robert P. George. He okay. is also another. He's a Princeton law Princeton law professor. Neither of them are the alarmist types. They're very yeah. level headed, but they actually both have two different opposed. They have opposing views of, on this. Yeah. So I would recommend us to read both of them. I think all in all, we can say that it's it's not a clear cut win as far no, as it's definitely religious not. liberty no um but and i
1: wouldn't even call it just religious liberty i would i would call it freedom of speech i guess in some ways i i still struggle with this just because i'm not a baker so i don't understand the kind of creative aspect that goes into baking a cake so i can i can recognize that maybe i don't understand that however yeah. i think back to uh, when i used to be a photographer and yeah. how i probably would have had a really difficult time because if, if they wanted uh, just basic portraits, you know, if, if a homosexual couple came and just said, oh, we want portraits, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. If they wanted me to do pro- portraits that kind of um, depicted the Eros kind of love, the, I'm, I'm using the, the, the four Greek loves. We've got um, phileo, which is brotherly love. We've got storge, which is um, affection, especially like, you know, for parent to child. We have agape, which is unconditional love. Uh, from god and then we have eros kind of love which is the erotic love which is the the sexual love mm-hmm. so as a photographer i would feel uncomfortable asking a couple to portray eros kind of love in front of the camera and document in it because to me that would be going against my conviction of i'm even asking them to take part in this you know romantic mm-hmm. engagement and and that to me would be a real conflict and i'm kind of glad that i that i don't do photography anymore and that i never was put in that situation Hmm. so it's like i can understand it from one perspective but i don't understand how baking a cake falls into that category i guess
0: Um, it's kind of unfortunate that it was a case like this with a cake that that really did it yeah that brought the religious liberty and that this up before the the court because it does seem sort of trivial you know. Um, yeah. But, I, but I, like, I'm with you. I, I'm not a cake baker. Mm-hmm. This guy seems like quite the character too. I read he wouldn't do him for Halloween, bake cakes for Halloween or huh. for d- divorces. But I don't know who gets cakes for divorces. <laughs> but I don't know. I had a friend
1: recently get divorced and she posted on her Facebook like, um, you know, divorce paper sign. Congratulations only, please. And that was kind of tragic yeah. for me. I know that it was a bad situation. So it's like, I wasn't going to say, you know, one way or the other, but it is getting to the point where I think people are having celebrations for divorce, unfortunately. Well, yeah. That's see again, Which, that's
0: another thing that's just, it's just heartbreaking. You don't want to say that's a failure. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like from what you were saying, he was consistent
1: in how he yeah. applied his principles and that I have to respect in the sense that,
0: and he even, did not refuse to bake them other things. So yeah. he didn't refuse them serps. It was just that particular thing.
1: Yeah. And like I, I, like on one hand, I say I don't understand how baking a cake is like expressing because it's not like he wanted to be like yay gay marriage on top of the cake. It was just a wedding cake. Usually wedding cakes don't have words on them.
0: They don't um, have words on them, yeah. At least the classy ones I've seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the
1: classy
0: ones I've Maybe seen. Maybe they wanted the little words. figures of the two, you know. Kindles. I don't know, I don't they know. could
1: buy their own figures. <laughs> so like on that sense, it's like, I'm like, what's, I don't totally understand how that's saying, you know, cake equals affirmation. Like, I don't understand that. But on the other hand, I think of Romans 14, where it's talking about um, the, basically people have to be able to follow their conscience and every person yeah. should be fully convinced in their own mind. One person sees Every day is the same. Other people hold one day is higher than the other. Some people think it's okay to eat meat. Other people think it's not okay to eat meat. And in this case, some people think it's okay to bake a cake. And other people don't think it's okay to bake a cake. Everyone should be fully convinced in their own mind. And if that's the case, then I have to say, you know, according to scripture, if this man is going against his conscience, if that truly is what the Lord has laid on his conscience, then, I mean, I, I can't say if that is what he... To me, it's kind of a gray area. Like, I can understand why somebody would fall on both sides of the equation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's not as cut and dry. Um, I can fully understand why a pastor could not feel like they could perform the ceremony. Because yes. basically, you're standing as an ambassador of God saying, on behalf of God, I bless this union. And that's completely anti-biblical but
0: yeah these and other don't, these that would be a better case to have been in front of the supreme court yeah that,
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I mean, so
0: I, but it would be horrible if it's gotten to that point where pastors are being yeah. taken to court
1: but I, I don't think we can be um unaware of how just basic christian morality is being turned into hatred and that this is being called legislating hatred yeah. um and this is especially important when we're talking to our kids about if we are using the words love to them all the time and we're teaching them that they need to love others and we're teaching them that God is love and love thy neighbor and we're using all these words as defined by scripture and they're going out into the world and everybody is saying that's hateful.
0: Yeah. Love loves love no loves no What is it? Love knows no boundaries. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, what does that really mean?
1: What do you mean? That, was that something you've seen or are you saying that's in the Bible?
0: No, no, that's something that's said today, this idea. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure
1: it doesn't say that back.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. No, because to love <laughs> is to bind. To love is yeah, to Yeah, love knows yourself. no boundaries.
1: No, I am bound to John. My boundaries are, <laughs> pretty are you know, if, yeah. if, if I were to go up and start making out with some other guy and John was like, what are you doing? I'm like, love has no boundaries. You know, like, what does that mean? <laughs> Like, no, yeah. love is absolutely boundaries. Uh, a, and love, love is non-judgmental. Yeah.
0: No, oh. if my child is doing something that's hurting themselves, I'm certainly going to call them out on it, out of love. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what? This, this itself deserves its own podcast, which I'm just going to go ahead and say we're going to do later. And we're going to call it Raising Loving Children in a World Which Calls Them Haters, because I think this yeah. is where there's a lot of confusion going around um that your the kids our kids are hearing these two separate ideas and they don't know which one to listen to they're trying to follow what we're telling them yeah. to do about love but then society defines it differently and I, that needs to be addressed but finally our last thing we want to talk about so we've talked about what do christians think this is what do non-christians think this is so what is it actually because it's actually neither one it's not a victory for religious liberty and it's obviously not legislating hatred so what is it actually And what it actually is, is actually a really strong win in the sense of, for the law, saying that the law needs to be unpartial and blind. So uh, Mm -hmm. I think the reason why a lot of the uh, media outlets were saying that this was a narrow victory is because it was narrow in scope in the sense that the Supreme Court was not finding that the baker was within his rights Mm -hmm. to to, uh, decline making the cake, but rather the people who originally prosecuted him we're not impartial and so um, i actually had the 59 page uh (laughs) the 59 (laughs) page supreme court thing here and i and i read through an honorary
0: law degree for that i know right you know (laughs)
1: um so i read about 30 pages of it i was thinking i was going to read the whole thing and i totally planned on reading the whole thing and then i realized that basically a lot of it was each one of the judges that either um, agreed or objected was writing their own thing. And so a lot of them were saying the same thing. So after about 30 pages, I was like, okay, I think I get this. So the court decided that the original commission court, mm-hmm. which tried the Baker.
0: In Colorado?
1: Yeah, in Colorado. Basically, they were the ones that acted inappropriately.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, So they did say religious and okay so this is kind of the um, what's it called the summary page here Um, and it says ALJ um, which that's the administrative law judge rejected Phillips so Phillips is the guy who was the baker so the ALJ rejected Phillips First Amendment claims that requiring him to create a cake for a same-sex wedding would violate his right to free speech by compelling him to exercise his artistic talents to express a message which he disagreed with it would, which would violate the right to the free speech of religion. So that was what the first case was when it was in mm-hmm. Colorado. That was what the case was over. The second appeals case that Phillips had with the Supreme Court wasn't about necessarily the decision, but rather how that decision was come. Yes. How, how that, okay. how they made that decision. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, it does say here on uh, the first page in the, in the summary under clause A. Uh, That religious and philosophical objections to gay marriage are protected views and in some instances protected forms of expression. So they are recognizing that in terms of, uh, you know, like the the clergy. Okay, so this is what was said at the original sentencing of the baker. It said so this was a direct quote from the commissioner that tried it and said, I would like to reiterate what we said in the hearing or the last meeting, freedom of religion and religion has been used to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust, whether it be, I mean, we, we can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. And to me, it is one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use to use their religion to hurt others. So this is what Judge Kennedy started saying, now nah, this is not okay, he says, to describe a man's faith as one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use is to disparage his religion in at least two distinct ways. Number one, by describing it as despicable, and two, by characterizing it as merely rhetorical, something insubstantial and even insincere. The commissioner even went so far as to compare Philip's invocation of his sincerely held religious beliefs to defenses of slavery and the Holocaust. This sentiment is inappropriate for a commission charged with the solemn responsibility of fair and neutral enforcement. And so it goes on down later. It says, for these reasons, the court cannot avoid the conclusion that these statements cast doubt on the fairness and impartiality of the commissioner's adjudication of Phillips' case. So that right there is like the thesis statement saying that the original
0: Yeah, because the commissioners were not only disparaging Phillips and his choice, but Mm -hmm. actually making a judgment on his beliefs. Yeah. Saying that anybody that calls this religious belief, these beliefs are inherently hateful on the level of the Holocaust and KKK. That yeah. seems to be what the commissioner is saying. And, and, and mm-hmm. Kennedy saying you went way too far by trying to, you know, decipher the motives. Yeah. Well, not even
1: just saying that you went way too far. I think Kennedy is saying that according to judicial process, you are not allowed to judge, per se, uh, someone's religious beliefs. So he says, um, so the case that Phillips brought to the Supreme Court was not saying was not trying to say please give me the the right to to say no he was saying this case was not tried fairly that was a supreme court case was trying to decide if this case was decided fairly and so um he uh, according to phillips he was saying this case was tried with direct hostility to my religious faith and so that is what the judges were judging on so like all right here it says, another indication of hostility is the indifference in treatment between Phillips cases and the cases of other bakers who requested, who objected to a requested cake on the basis of conscience and prevailed before the commission. So he basically brought three other cases where a person was tried saying, uh, I was just sued for not putting this message on this cake and the commission ruled in favor mm-hmm. of the bakers. And of course that was with a, a same-sex agenda there, but when it came to this guy, and it was, you know, the shoe was on the other foot. They ruled not in favor of him, so it was showing that the law was not impartial here, and so that was where the big, the big thing lies. So, they they list some of the other cases that had been tried. Let me see. There's, um, so the commissioner's consideration of Philip's religious objection did not accord with its treatment of the other objections. So basically, they're saying. We're looking at the other cases that you tried, and we're looking at the case that you tried with Phillips, and we're seeing that there's some incongruency here. You're not trying them the same. And according to the law, you have to try them fairly. You cannot... Um, yeah. So, like, he, it says, he argued that the commission had treated the other baker's conscientious-based objections as legitimate, but treated his as illegitimate, thus yeah. sitting in judgment of his religious beliefs themselves. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's it's a judgment on it is a it is an indictment of his beliefs themselves. It's calling those beliefs inherently evil and wrong. Yeah, yeah, and yeah.
1: So they're saying basically these three other cases. Well, that was objectional content, and so we're going to uphold this. But his, that's not objectional content. So, um, so the opinion of the court continues and says a principled a principled rationale for the difference in treatment of these two instances cannot be based on the government's own assessment of offensiveness. So basically they're saying, well, those were actually offensive. This one, you're asked to do something that's not offensive. And so therefore we're not going to hold you. So basically that is the whole thing that's going on with this trial. It's not necessarily a freedom of religion. It's not necessarily a freedom of speech. This entire court case is based on. And I think the reason why we got a 7-2 vote was based on saying that when they had originally tried this case, it was not done impartially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and when you understand the activists, you understand that for them, it cannot be impartial, because they Mm -hmm. truly believe that anyone that refused to bake those cakes can only do so from a place of hatred and bigotry. So they are totally blinded. So this is a wake up call for them, that they are not being impartial. Now, they're not going to change their beliefs. They still think it's hateful, but they're going to have to reword it and try their cases in a different way um, yeah. to, 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 to get what
1: they want. Um, yeah, on, on page 17 it says In view of these factors, the record here demonstrates that the commission's re- consideration of Phillips' case was neither tolerant nor respectful of Phillips' religious beliefs. They basically poo pooed his, his beliefs. Uh, The government has no role in deciding or even suggesting whether the religious ground for Philip's conscious um, based objection is legitimate or illegitimate. They're saying that's not even that's not part of your job. So it it goes it goes on, you know, of course, 59 pages of this. (laughs) And so we're not here to say whether or not the original case necessarily was was right or wrong, because I think you and I are both kind of like it's baking a cake. I don't totally understand. But at the same time, we understand someone objecting. To doing so, and it's like I kind of see both heads, both heads of the coin here. Yeah. Is that is that the right phrase? Both heads, both sides of the coin. Both you can't both have sides. both 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 heads of the coin. That's a, that's an illegal coin. Both sides. Yeah, of the- <laughs> a cheater. <who> does. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fake coin. You're a cheater. Um, so I hope that that sheds a little bit of clarity on what is going on. And so, kind of in summary, we want to talk about just reiterate our points. What do Christians think this is? What do non Christians think this is? What is it actually? What Christians think this is, is they think it's a um, ruling in favor of religious liberty or freedom of speech. And so we can say definitively, looking at the actual uh, statement by the Supreme Court, that's not what's going on. Uh, From a non-Christian's point of view, they're saying, oh, this is a case of bigotry, and that's... Not what's going on either, because this is just saying that someone is entitled to a fair and impartial trial. So we can say that's actually what's going on. According to this actual decision, that's what's going on. Is it saying that citizens are entitled to a fair and impartial trial and the government does not have the right to say whether or not someone's religious beliefs are legitimate or illegitimate? And so it's just kind of limiting the scope of what um, what the government can do. So. That's kind of the four one one on on this decision. So if you've been kind of wondering, uh, that goes on. But it does bring up a bunch of other uh, points that you and I were talking about, Rebecca, and something that I hope that we will uh, address in the future. And let me pull pull up our little list of things that uh, we're hoping to address. We want to address the idea of uh, what does it mean to judge rightly, because. Judging in the sense it's like everybody loves that, you know, thou shalt not judge verse. But as we're raising kids, if we're teaching them that they're not supposed to judge at all, well, we have to judge in order to decide, you know, am I judging that this is poison or good food to eat? We judgment is a part of life, yeah. And so, what does it mean to judge rightly? Yeah. Uh, the second to thing, say
0: when you say, when you say don't judge, that's a judgment, <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. There is so no way, it's like, we are dogma machines, we cannot, yeah. Oh, I love that quote that you posted, the Chesterton
1: quote about dogma machines. So it brings up that idea. So we're going to address that in the future. Secondly, it it brings up the idea of how do we raise loving children in a world that calls them haters? Because the word love itself has been co-opted and just it's mutated to the point of we can't even recognize it. So when we say love and the world calls it hate, how do we raise our kids to know how to distinguish that? Um, And then thirdly, I think if we really want to get down to the base of this is when Christian morality is deemed hate speech. And that's one of the things I know that you're really passionate about, Rebecca, Mm. is saying how just Christian morality in general is being called hatred.
0: It's kind of the essence of of this because it's being viewed uh, with those lens of oppressor and oppressed and and victim and victimizer. and, um, And and yeah, we we it's just very much the spirit of the age in which we live to, to view it morality. As,
1: yeah. I was going to say, just as a, a little plug, I just want to say that there's a lot of the concepts that we're talking about here that will be addressed in the mama bear apologetics book that is coming yes. out next summer. It's never too early to start promoting that <laughs> and start
0: telling people to look forward to that. Um, so we are right in the midst of writing and researching and yeah. Oh yes, we are. <laughs> It's so,
1: good stuff. Um, uh, it is. It's very good stuff, so let, let's go ahead and just pray over this one and, and give it to God, and yeah. so Father God, we come before you, Lord, knowing that we live in a broken, um, in a broken country, and our co- not only is our country broken, but the people are broken. Uh, I think of uh, I can't remember who it was, it says, "Woe to me, Lord, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, Lord. Um, Our society is just broken, Lord, and we can either sit there and point our fingers at all the brokenness, or we can go out and we can try to share your love and Your, the way, God, that you are the one who wrote the manual of how this is supposed to work, God, and sometimes it goes against what what society thinks that should work, but God... We are walking a tightrope, and we need to learn how to walk that little balance beam without falling too far to the right or to the left, that we can't go so far into compassion that we lose truth, and we can't go so far into truth that we lose compassion, Lord, that uh, the heart your heart god beats right down the middle uh embracing love and embracing compassion lord so i pray that as the mama bears are are learning about this decision as they are discovering just what is being done for themselves that they would use this podcast to be informed i pray that they would be using this podcast to inform their children about what's going on and and teaching their children how to be both compassionate and loving at the same time, and to to be walking in understanding of what's going on in our culture. Uh, Father God, I pray for those who fall on the side of wanting to be silent we pray over them a spirit of boldness, Lord, to go out of their comfort zone and to be bold for truth, but to do it in a relational way. And on the other side of the coin, Lord, those who just are bold in their truth and they want to speak up for what the Bible says, Lord, I pray that you would give them eyes to see the hurting hearts and the people that are behind this and the ones that are being hurt, whether or not it's a legitimate hurt or not. But they would have compassion. I think of that verse, Lord, where you said you looked upon the people with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Lord, I pray that we would never div- um, dissociate truth from people. Um, and I know that we all have a tendency to fall on either side. But Lord, I pray that you would help us bring those two those 2 um, aspects, the truth and the relationship, the truth and the people. And we would bring it together. So we would be a people Who accurately reflect your heart and who uh, accurately reflect your morals and your commands, but at the same time are just uh, as far as it depends on us living at peace with all people, Lord. It's such a delicate line to walk, and I pray for the the listeners out there that are trying to walk that line that you would convict them where they need to be convicted, um, and you would embolden them where they need to be emboldened, Lord. We thank you that your Spirit is trustworthy, Lord. In your name, I
0: pray. Amen. Amen. And can I just add that that we can't do it without the Lord. It's very humbling. Amen. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So we have to do it with an inc- just incredible humility um, and yeah. reliance on Him because that balancing and it's really, we have to have full truth and full compassion. It's not diminished either. Um, yeah, We need Him only in His strength.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. Have you been stumped by your kids already? Or maybe you have a nagging question of your own that you think would make a good podcast. Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we will do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together.